What does it take to be one and one? For the New England Patriots, it's all about good health and efficiency. Stick around. You're about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you Foxborough faithful. Welcome to the Locked On Patriots podcast. We are a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to ensure that you're getting the latest episode as soon as it's available. I'm your host, Mike DeBate, and I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country Sports Illustrated. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on X, on the Bird app, on Twitter, whatever you happen to be calling it these days, at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing some well-deserved social media love to Lockdown Patriots, follow our account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. And Pats fans, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use the code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And Patriots fans, thank you so much for joining me here today on the pod and for making us your first listen this weekend. And a special shout out to all of you Locked On Everydayers out there. Those of you who make Locked On Patriots possible by spending time with us here on the pod, you know my unending gratitude always goes to you. I'm honored. I'm humbled by your support. And of course, all of us here in Pats Nation waiting for Sunday night. That's because your New England Patriots play the Miami Dolphins. Kickoff is at 8.20 p.m. Eastern from Gillette Stadium. Do not miss this exciting divisional matchup. And you can catch every snap of the Patriots' hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Patriots. And there's so much to break down in this official Pats preview episode of Locked On Patriots. And today on the pod, we have a very special treat for you. A man with a wealth of knowledge on both the Pats and the Dolphins, on both offense and on defense, and of course, on Tua Tagovailoa and Mac Jones. That's right, Mark Schofield of SB Nation going to pop in here in just a moment to talk the quarterback matchup and provide his key tenets to victory. Folks, you do not want to miss it. Stay locked into Locked On Patriots. But first, we start with a brief injury update. And even though he was a limited participant during Thursday's practice, starting cornerback Jonathan Jones missed Friday's session. Now, according to Friday's injury report, Jonathan is officially listed as questionable for Sunday's matchup, at least at the time I'm recording this. Other notables on that list include four offensive linemen, two of which being Trent Brown and City So remain in concussion protocol. Cole Strange, Michael Wainu, the other two. Center Dan Andrews had been a limited participant on Wednesday and Thursday with a hamstring injury. He was removed from the report. That indicates that he will be available to play against the Dolphins this week. So a tall task getting tougher for the Patriots, but this could still be a favorable matchup provided they come into this as healthy as possible and if they properly execute their game plan. How will they do that? Well, Pats fans, the good news is we're about to find out because it's time to bless the reins. Patriots fans, my guest today does not need an introduction, but that's not going to stop me from giving one anyway. He is an amazing writer and analyst for platforms in the past, such as Inside the Pylon, Big Blue View, 
Bleeding Green Nation, Touchdown Wire of USA Today, and I'm only naming a few. Right now, he is doing phenomenal work for SB Nation. That's right, folks. Today, we bless the reins. We welcome back my predecessor, my mentor, most importantly, my good friend, Mark Schofield. Mark, thank you so much for joining me today, bud. Welcome back home. Mike, it's a pleasure to be back here. Always a fun time when we get to chat, when we get to catch up a little bit before and after shows. And it, it's great to be with you today. It's great to have actual football to talk about because, you know, we're <laughs> coming off the offseason. We got week one games in the books, week two ahead. It's going to be a fascinating week two across the NFL, but certainly for the New England Patriots, a huge divisional game that we're going to dive into. But as always, my friend, I'm just excited and happy to be here. Absolutely. And we're excited and happy to have you here, Mark. You mentioned that this is going to be a tough divisional game. And yesterday here on the pod, I talked about the importance of divisional wins and making sure that you always put your best foot forward when you're facing a divisional opponent. And this is a formidable divisional opponent. This was already going to be a very difficult game for the New England Patriots. Might be a little bit tougher considering an injury to a key member of the secondary. We're going to get into that in just a moment, folks. But Mark, where would we start other than quarterbacks? We're having the quarterback whisperer as our guest today. So there is no question about it. You knew we were going to go there right off the bat. And let's start with the newly turned 25-year-old signal caller from the New England Patriots, and that's Mac Jones. Going into this game, he's going to be facing a different look in a Miami Dolphins defense than he's seen before. And you know Vic Fangio's zone-heavy defense is a departure from what Josh Boyer did just one year ago as defensive coordinator in Miami. When you look at Mac and you look at what you saw from him last week, what are your thoughts on how Mac Jones might be able to attack this Vic Fangio defense? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to sort of dive into here. You know, as you outline, look, with Fangio, you're going to get a lot of split safety coverages. You're going to get a lot of middle field open looks. Last week against the Chargers, they were in quarter, quarter, half, cover six, where it's, you know, cover four quarters to one side, cover two to the other side. On 21.3% of their snaps, according to Pro Football Focus, that was fourth most in the entire NFL from a week ago. And again, not a surprise given Fangio and his background with split safety looks, but there is some overlap from what we've seen from this defense in the past that I think is notable. They also went zero blitz on 8.8% of their snaps last week, which was third most in the league. Only the Ravens and the Patriots were in zero blitz more last week. So there are going to be moments when Mac is going to have to be patient, read out progressions, hopefully attack the middle of the field against those split safety looks. But there are going to be other moments when – He's going to have to be smart and get the ball out in a hurry because this is a team that showed last week against Justin Herbert. And I'd imagine against Matt Jones, they're going to do it similarly. They're willing to go zero blitz. They're willing to bring some pressure to try to force you into a mistake. So he's going to have to be ready for both, which is a tough balancing act for a quarterback. It's not like going into a game and like, yeah, we're going to see, you know, no pressure looks, zone coverages all the time. Or like you've seen with the Dolphins in the year past where, you're going to see a ton of pressure, and you better be ready for it. They do both. Mm. Another thing that I think is critical this week, and it's part of the sort of bigger arching story that I'm looking at in the National Football League, and it's something that JP and Acosta and I dove into deeply as part of our SB Nation NFL preview. You know I need to run the football this weekend, and there might be opportunities to do that. Last week, Chargers against this Dolphins defense – 0.322 expected points added per rushing attempt. That was by and large the best in the National Football League last week. 
They had first downs of their 31st downs they got against the Dolphins. The Chargers got them on the run game, 17 of those 30, more than half. 5.8 yards per rushing attempt against this Dolphins defense. That's above what league average was last year, which is 4.5 yards per rushing attempt, which is the largest we've seen in NFL history. With these two high split safety looks, more and more teams are saying, you know what, if the defense is going to dare us to run the football, fine. We'll play a lawn, and we'll not just run it. We'll run it extremely effectively. I mean, only four offenses had positive EPAs per rushing attempt in week one. The Chargers, the Jets, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. But the other three were bare. New York Jets, they were second, 0.090. The Chargers were 0.322. Like that's a big jump against this Dolphins defense. So there's an opportunity to run the football. And again, if you have success, if you have efficiency running the football, it doesn't need to be for huge numbers, you know, even though the Chargers did that, that's going to set up a lot of the other stuff you might want to do after, or it might get them out of those split safety looks into more single high when you can have some opportunities to throw the ball downfield. And so that's something that I'm watching, not just this week, this game, but sort of year long. Think about we're doing this show Friday. Last night, Eagles decided, look, fine, we're going to run the football. I, we can't get something going sustained in the passing game. We're on the football. I think we're seeing after years and years and years of spread the ball, throw it, defenses going lighter in the box. Now they're leaning into split safety coverages. Teams are going to run the ball. And I think this is an opportunity this week for the Patriots to perhaps run the ball a little bit to extend and sustain some drives which has the added benefit of keeping Tua and company sitting on the bench being spectators. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I completely, completely agree with you. And I, again, and I think you said this perfectly, besides those two high zone coverages, the other hallmark of the Vic Fangio defense is pre-snap disguising. That's something where I think the New England Patriots need to take advantage of it. And you're absolutely right. We need to see more Ramondre Stevenson right off the bat. You want to establish your alpha back as being a focal point of your offense. Zeke Elliott is someone that I think can provide a solid amount of contribution in the red zone. That's exactly where he was best. He was one of the best red zone ball carriers last year um and save for the fumble that we saw last week he is a very good protector of the football and i think that will continue i think that was more an anomaly rather than the norm that you're going to see from him and who knows we might even see ty montgomery get some carries maybe even in the open field we saw him align uh as a third uh receiver at times on uh, sunday against the eagles maybe the patriots try to do that as well mark when it comes to max makeup uh, a lot was made out of his post-game comments uh, where he says, I couldn't get it done. Uh, Murph and I talked about that earlier this week. But then you saw a little bit of a switch in him when uh, reporters had a chance to speak to him midweek where he said, I'm invoking the 24-hour rule. I'm not going to dwell on the past. I'm going to focus on the future, and I'm going to focus on the Miami Dolphins. In terms of a mental makeup and the type of loss that he suffered in week one where you had some very good moments but ultimately faltered down the stretch, is there any type of mental gymnastics that Mac has to use this week in order to make sure that he's ready for what's going to be a defense that's going to try to have his number on Sunday night? Yeah, I mean, I do think that he's smart in the sense that you have to turn the page. I mean, while last Sunday was somewhat of a moral victory for the Patriots, you know, to have this Eagles team come to town off of a Super Bowl appearance and have a chance to win that game late, you know, you ultimately lost and, and you don't get style points in the National Football League. You're 0-1. 
you're not oh oh and one with a tie because you right. looked good in a loss. So you have to turn the page quickly because this is a divisional game number one against a very good opponent, a team that a lot of people have sort of already crowned as like perhaps the team to beat in the AFC, given what we saw during the rest of the conference. So there's that. You don't want to go zero and two in the National Football League. Now the numbers have changed a little bit since the seventeen game schedule and the change in playoff format. But historically, you go zero and two, season's pretty much over. Like you don't make the playoffs when you get an zero and two start. So you've got to flip this script pretty quickly. So I, I like the fact that he did that, but I also like the ownership of things after the after the game on Sunday. I mean, this defense from New England put them in a position a couple of times late to go down and win this game. And there were some missed opportunities. There were some missed throws. There were some throws that you know, perhaps if the ball had gotten out a little quicker or had a little bit more velocity on it, maybe somebody gets their second foot down and you've got a fresh set of downs to perhaps go down and win that game. And so, you know, there was ownership of it after the fact, which is good. And then there was flipping the page, turning the script and moving on to Miami. I think that's good too. If we got to midweek and he's sort of still dwelling on it, that wouldn't give me the warm and fuzzies about what we're going to see Sunday night. Right. You know, turning the page is the appropriate way to approach this. He knows he has to perform better, but at the same time, this was a step forward for this Patriots offense and for this passing game. You know, you saw professionalism, you saw creativity in the route structure and use of formations and movement and personnel and alignments. And this looked like an NFL passing game, much unlike what we saw last year. And I think that's a very important step that they'll, they'll improve over the course of the season. And, you know, perhaps Mac, when you know conditions are a little bit better, you'll see more velocity on throws. When he's even more familiar and has more game time reps in this offense, you'll see more decisiveness in the ball coming out a little bit quicker and maybe the ball getting where it needs to be a little bit quicker. And so it was a good first step, what we saw last week. But I am glad to see that, look, he's turned the page on it, knows what he has to improve on, and hopefully they'll get better starting Sunday night. Yeah, without any question, you definitely want to see accountability from your quarterback, but you want to see adaptability from your quarterback as well. So far, all the right things are being said. Max seems to be on the same page with his teammates, with his coaches. We'll see if it translates on the field. Hopefully it will for the New England Patriots in a primetime matchup with the Miami Dolphins. That really is a, a win I'm sure they would love to have. It's very difficult to say must win this early in the season, but don't forget, folks, the New England Patriots have not started a season 0-2 since 2001 so the new england patriots definitely have their eye on evening things up on sunday night it's not going to be easy mark because Tua Tagovailoa, tyree kill jalen waddle and that miami offense is playing at another level the patriots have had a little bit of kryptonite when it comes to defending especially tyree kill however that piece of kryptonite right now is a little banged up, and Mark and I are going to discuss in just a moment what Tua Tagovailoa might do to this Patriots defense that is playing at a very high level itself. Will the injury or potential injury to Jonathan Jones derail their plans to do that? We're going to talk all that and more when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Take the worry out of your fun with Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. 
It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, so again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Patriots fans, thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on Locked on Patriots. And today we are blessed by the rains. We are blessing the rains by having my good friend, my predecessor, Mark Schofield of SB Nation join me today. He's already talking some amazing strategy when it comes to Mac Jones and how he might attack or at least try to marginally disrupt this Vic Fangio defense. And Mark, in the previous segment, we talked about the hallmarks of a Vic Fangio defense as opposed to the man coverage heavy schemes that we saw last year from Josh Boyer. Fangio is going to give you two high zone coverages. The other hallmark of what he does well is pre-snap disguising. He's going to start on that too high safety shell, but then he may rotate into a post safety shell after the snap, either a cover one or a cover three. The thing that we love about Bill Belichick's defense is that they are so good at being able to execute single high looks. They've done it pretty much for the better part of his tenure here. And a big part of that has been the presence of Devin McCourty being able to direct that. Unfortunately, Devin has retired. And the other unfortunate part of that is it doesn't exactly play too well into strategy when you're playing the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tagovailoa is one of the best quarterbacks in the league at attacking single high coverage. He's coming off of arguably one of his best games in quite some time against the Chargers last week. 466 yards, three touchdowns in the 36-34 come-from-behind victory over the Chargers last Sunday. Mark, you see things that us mere mortals don't see in quarterbacks. How do you see Tua and this Miami offense under Mike McDaniel being able to I don't want to say derail, but maybe disrupt what this New England Patriots defense does so well. It's a tough challenge. Look, that Dolphins offense looked fantastic against the Chargers on Sunday. And there's a lot of it that goes, you know, a lot of it stems from schematics, use of movement, motion, formation. You know, they've got a lot of designs where they're putting Tyree Kill in motion right at the snap, not before the snap, where he's just going across the formation. It's like motion at the snap. And you can see, and I wrote about this Monday morning over at SB Nation, how it like broke coverage rules. You know, you're basically putting players in motion and there's confusion that it creates in the secondary, you know, who's covered, who, who's responsible for whom, and it creates open runners. You know, they will break your schematic tendencies. They will break your rule tendencies. There was another play where they put Hill in motion, and it looks like he's running with almost a kind of a head start, right, because he's moving at the snap, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's going to run a vertical wheel, wheel route. Corner, like, breaks on that, opens his hips to the sideline, and then he cuts underneath on a dig, where it sort of, again, breaks everything you're expecting from a defensive coverage standpoint. You know, and with respect to the single high, you know, charges were in single high about 45% of the time against Tua last week, and you saw the results. Now, they ran some quarters. They did some other stuff as well, but, you know, the, you know, Staley is a Fangio disciple. But Tua and Mike McDaniel and company, they had answers for almost everything, and that's kind of the problem 
going into this game is that they've got answers and ways to beat you regardless of what you're in. And you mentioned that this was perhaps to his best game. I think it was his best game Mm -hmm. because in addition to all the things that they can do schematically, all the things that he has around him in terms of talent, you saw vision, you saw anticipation. I mean, that throw the vertical to Tyreek on the right side, he's climbing the pocket and as a left-handed quarterback has to get his eyes back to the right side to make a throw outside the numbers and put it on the money in a huge spot to, to win that game. And so, This is a tough challenge. Now you're going to have to throw a lot of different things at them, but because of the talent that they have, like you can't just say, look, man versus man, we're going to line up in man coverage, cover one, cover zero and lock them down. You have to throw different things at them. You have to be aware of the RPO game. You have to be wary of the run game. Like they throw so much at you schematically that it's a lot to account for. And so it's, it's a, it's a very big challenge. Now, you know, what are the things that they can do again? sort of what you talked about with Fangio, flip the script a little bit, you know, really sort of disguise, confuse, you know, try to make it so two is guessing at the snap or after the snap in terms of what coverage he is, sort of do everything you can to constrict that decision-making window, you know, change his pre-snap expectations for when he has the ball in his hand, like, oh, no, this is not what I'm seeing. Now I've got to get through a different set of progression reads or I've got to get my eyes to the other side of the field because I was expected, man, now it's on. Now I've got to flip my eyes. You know, those are the things you're going to have to do, but you're doing it against what can be a very explosive offense. And as we've seen between these teams in the past, like sometimes you might have them bottled up, you know, like last year in that, you know, early game between these two teams, you've kind of got them bottled up a little bit. And then it's just one big play, you know, and that's the danger. It's similar to, you know, playing the Chiefs and Mahomes and Tyreek Hill in years past, where it's you could have them bottled up 54, 55, 56 minutes, but those other four are going to bury you. And that's the fear going into this game is that you have to be almost perfect on the defensive side of the ball to slow them down. And playing perfect defense is tough in 2023. Yeah, it absolutely is, especially when you're dealing with Mike McDaniel's scheme. And that scheme relies heavily on zone blocking. It's the stretch runs, the play action passes, throwing a naked bootleg every now and then. These are what his offense is predicated on. And because of that, speed and physicality on defense is crucial in any attempts to try to slow down what these guys do well. And they have several speedy weapons that can hurt you. Raheem Mostert in the running game, even though he didn't put up blockbuster numbers last Sunday, is still capable of getting to a defense that is not capable of stopping the run. The Patriots have been very good in that regard lately, but all it takes is one missed cue, and that can give you problems. Jalen Waddle is one of the fastest and best speedy slot weapons in the league, and we haven't even mentioned Tyree Kill's name yet, who really is playing at another level right now. 215 yards on 11 catches, a pair of touchdowns. He is definitely a main concern for the New England Patriots. In years past, however, the Pats have devised schemes to be able to at least marginally disrupt what he does well. And the key predicate on that has been Jonathan Jones. And the Patriots have utilized Jonathan's speed, his physicality, to be able to hang with Tyreek. Um, I also liked what they did in last year's Week 17 matchup where they didn't use single coverage and they did mix it up a little bit with the split safety looks and that seemed to slow him a little bit more and contain him. But with Jonathan banged up with an ankle injury right now, at the time we're recording this, Mark, we don't know what his official status is for Sunday's game, only that he was a limited participant in Thursday's practice. Even if he's less than 100%, 
that task of defending one of the fastest and one of the most explosive receivers in the game becomes that much more difficult. How much does this change the strategy that New England might have had two, maybe three days ago with a healthy Jonathan Jones in tow? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm choosing to be optimistic here. Mike Giardi basically said that it was more of a veteran's rest day than anything else that limited Jones on Thursday. And perhaps it's because they want to make sure he's completely as, as rested as you can be at week two in the NFL season because he's going to be the one that draws that Tyree Kill assignment. As you said, in years past, you know, when they would play the Chiefs and Hill was with Mahomes, Jones would get that assignment. It wasn't, you know, we're going to go with a double or a bracket or dedicated safety help or anything like that. It was like, we don't care if he's the fastest guy on the field. Like, this is your guy. You're going to cover him in main coverage and we'll, you know, get you help when we can. But this is your assignment. It makes me think that that is going to be plan A. I think you'll see some plan B stuff where maybe they do move players around a little bit. And you might see a Christian Gonzalez on Tyreek mm. Hill with some safety help. That's an approach that they've used in years past that sort of take our CB1 put him on wide receiver two, you know, and leave that duo on an island. And then another CB on their biggest threat with dedicated safety help. They've done that in the past as well. Maybe that's something they'll try. You know, th- like I said, this goes into the idea of switching things around because, you know, if Tua gets in line of the scrimmage and he knows every single time that, you know, it's Jonathan Jones on Hill, that's going to help simplify his reads, simplify his diagnosis. So if you show him some different looks from time to time, it'll give him one more thing to think about. You know, so hopefully Jones can go. It, mm-hmm. If Mike, Mike Giardi, and I have no reason to doubt it, you know, oh, is yeah. right that it was sort of a veteran day, then okay, we're going to be fine. If Jones is limited, you know, then it's that sort of trickle-down effect. So then maybe you've got to move players around. Cornerback is that sort of weak, weak link unit, right? You know, and if, if Jones can't go and you've got CBs four and five seeing more run as a result, the chances are the players those guys are covering are going to see the ball. And, you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that. But if Jones can go, I think he'll get first draw, that plan A assignment for Tyree Kill. But they're going to have to throw some different things, again, with the idea that you want to confuse to as much as you can constrict that decision-making window a little bit and make him really sort of have to work mentally as well as physically to beat you in the passing game. Yeah, without question. Very good point. And uh, again, folks, Tyreek Hill is a key cog in what the Miami Dolphins do well when it comes to offense, but he's not their only option. And you don't want to singularize your efforts simply on Hill because Jalen Waddell, you can argue, has been a tougher cover for the New England Patriots. He's matched yeah. up and actually caused more damage than Tyreek Hill in a Dolphins uniform. 16 catches, 209 yards, and three touchdowns in four career games against the New England Patriots. Very good numbers for Waddle. He can really hurt you in a lot of different ways. Again, that speedy slot assignment that he plays so well. Uh, you might see Miles Bryant and maybe Marcus Jones a little bit because of his speed get some of these assignments on Sunday. It's going to be very interesting to see what Tua is going to be able to do against this Patriots defense. Whether you want to blame Bill Belichick for that or whether you want to give credit to Tua Tagovailoa for that, um, Belichick has yet to beat him as a pro. So uh, you definitely know that all these storylines are coming into this. But Mark has outlined X's and O's better than anyone else. And he always does every time he drops by here, locked on Patriots to lend his wisdom and counsel. We're not even registering the meter today because it's already broken. It was broken the minute the man opened his mouth as far as I'm concerned. But Mark, it is that time. We are going to give game predictions and keys to victory in just a moment. How will the New England Patriots get to one and one? 
Mark's going to tell us either how they do it or how they don't. When this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you sometimes find that just as you're trying to fall asleep, your brain suddenly won't stop talking? Do your thoughts start racing right before bed or at other inopportune moments? The stresses of today's world, whether they be emotional, financial, health-related, or social, just seem to follow you wherever you go. It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Locked on listeners, football season is here, and there is no better time to use Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You just select two or more players, pick more or less than their projected stats, and place your entry. That's it. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. That's why they're my favorites, and I know they're going to be yours too. PrizePix also offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, PrizePix discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So don't delay. Do it today. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's a first deposit match up to $100 by going to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code LockedOnNFL. Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Patriots fans, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule here on a Friday, here on your weekend to spend with Locked On Patriots. We are previewing the New England Patriots Sunday night matchup with the Miami Dolphins, 8.20 p.m. kickoff from Gillette Stadium, throwback Sunday night, red uniforms, at Patriot helmets. What more can you ask for? It's going to be a great one in New England on Sunday. And speaking of which, we have the great one with us today, my good friend and predecessor. Mark, if the Patriots are going to pull this off, we do know that there are certain things that they have to do as a team in order to pull that off. When you look at this matchup, what do you believe are the keys to victory for New England on Sunday night against this Miami Dolphins club? I'm going to give you two numbers, 5.0, 0.25. being yards per rushing attempt, 0.25 EPA per rushing attempt. Because I really do think that if New England wins this game, it's going to become, it's going to come on the backs of an efficient run game against this Mm -hmm. Dolphins defense. It has the ability to sort of put Mac Jones in in positions to be successful in the passing game, as well as keep it to a Tyreek on the sidelines. I know in 2023, that sounds like, I'm talking about the dark ages of football, right? It's like, you know, I'm not even saying like establish the run or things like that. Be effective when you run the football. 
You don't have to run it 75 times, but when you do run it, have success. Austin Gale at the Rinner noted that between the Eagles last night and the Chargers in week one, those were the two most the two most successful run games in terms of success rate on running plays that we've ever seen since that stat's been tracked. That dates back to the year 2000. So we've seen that in week one of the NFL season and in week two of the NFL season. And one of those games, the Chargers one came against this Dolphins defense. Be efficient and effective when running the football. That's going to be the first key. The second key is you're going to have to force a mistake or two from Tua. Mm. Now, you can do that, certainly. Like he's, he's not perfect. No quarterback is. But you're going to have to confuse him. You're going to have to constrict that decision-making window like I've talked about, make him think that he's seeing cover one and it's really quarters, make him think that he's seeing quarters and it's really cover three. Like Force him into a couple of bad reads and throws. You, know, you might have to go aggressive at times. You might have to go zero blitz and roll the dice and hope you can get home and create – a throw under pressure or a strip sack situation. Like you're going to have to do some things that, you know, you might feel uncomfortable doing, you know, blitz it and giving them an opportunity for a shot play down the field or lead it into the run game a little bit. But I think those are the ways that you can beat this team. New England could certainly win this game. You know, I said before right. the Eagles game, New England could certainly have won that game as well. They came close against Philadelphia. I think there's a chance that they could win this game Sunday night. It's going to be tough. Um, but I think this team's a little bit better than we thought. You know, I think the Eagles game sort of showcased that. Yes, Miami is very good, and they're, you know, many people are going to pick them this weekend, but New England can certainly win this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. New England has the opportunity to get this game going for the two reasons that you mentioned. If they're able to effectively use the run to facilitate what they do well on offense. And I think you articulated that perfectly. Basically, what you want to do is make sure that when you run the football, it allows them to dictate the tempo. And it's important. It's important to do that, not just for this game, but even down the line. The New England Patriots and Bill O'Brien need that to get going and facilitate what they do well. The other is to win battles on third down. And I want to give a tip of the cap and a nod of the gods to my buddies, Thomas Murphy and Steve Balistrieri, who constantly have this as a key to win, a key to victory almost each and every week. And they do. So they need to win them on both sides of the ball. If they do want to pull this upset, the defense is going to have to try to get off the field, generate the turnovers, like you said, confuse Tua, make sure that he makes a mistake or two, and the offense has to start sustaining these drives in a way to be much better in the crunch time, especially in the red zone. If they do that, I like the Patriots' chances. And again, like you, Mark, call me an optimist. That's what I'm going with today, and that's what I'm hanging my hat on the Patriots being able to do this weekend. Mark, each and every time I have you on the pod, it's always like a homecoming. Uh, again, I take the microphone on this show, trying to get this right in your honor. Still trying to do that. I have not reached that level, but I aspire to by the example you set and also by the support that you've provided. So thank you for always being there for the handoff when I need you. But most of all, thank you for lending your wisdom and counsel today. Before I let you go, my friend, please bless the reins just one more time and let us know where we can find you, all of your great work, and what we can look forward to in the coming days and weeks from the great pen, the great voice of Mark Schofield. Well, Mike, thank you as always for having me. Um, always an honor to be here. You're crushing it each and every day, um, taking the show places I never could have dreamed of, and I'm so proud of you, buddy, and it's great to see the growth and the accomplishments. As for me, uh, Mark Schofield on Twitter, as you can see right there, espionation.com. Mm -hmm. uh, um, where I do obviously a lot of NFL work with Formula One. They got me right about everything. Um, so they keep me busy. They keep me running. But I will certainly have my eyes glued to this game Sunday night. And hopefully some of what we talked about today actually plays out on the field Sunday night because that's always fun to see. But, Mike, 
Always a blast to be here, buddy. Keep crushing it, my friend. Absolutely. And we look forward to having you back, bud. And I told you, one of these days, I will take the Toto poster from in front of me that serves as my inspiration. And we're going to put it behind me and hang it on the Locked On Patriots wall uh, right back here over my shoulder. And uh, we'll uh, honor you properly uh, for all the Toto references that you've made on these airwaves throughout the years. Uh, but all kidding aside, thank you so much for everything. And we absolutely are smarter football fans for having listened to you and your wisdom and counsel today. And Pats fans, thank you all for taking time out of your busy schedules to join us here on Locked On Patriots. Whether you're an everydayer, whether you're a casual listener, or whether you are a first-timer, we hope you've enjoyed what you've heard here today and you keep coming back for more each and every day. In the meantime, I'm Mike DeBate, and on behalf of my good friend Mark Schofield, we remind you to stay safe and to stay well and be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone, a great weekend. Don't forget an 8.20 p.m. kickoff on NBC Sunday Night Football New England Patriots against the Miami Dolphins and enjoy Pat Patriot and those red throwbacks. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you back here on Monday for Locked On Patriots.